What's up, everybody? We're back with episode 17. This week, John and I are going to talk a little bit about family safety, how to protect your family, what you can do to protect your family, how to keep your head on a swivel, and all sorts of things. It's a good episode. Take some time, dive in, let us know what you think. Let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone from around the internet world, thank you for being here today. And so, bro, don't forget aliens. Oh, God, can't forget the aliens. Or un, what is it? Unidentified, uh, what are they calling it? USPs or something like that? Sounds like a new internet service or some department oh, the U- of the government. UAPs, unidentified. UA, aerial phenomena. Phenomenon, yeah. UFOs. Phenomena. Now it's stuck in my head. You see how that went? Yeah, that just went sideways fast, didn't it? Uh, so what's up, bro? What you been up to, man? Oh man, a little bit of everything. Uh, we it's been um, busy couple of weeks. Got the floors done, so it was a little chaotic. But they're in. They look great. So glad that's over. Everything nice and level now. <laughs> better than it was. It's way better than it was. There are still a couple spots. It's not perfectly level, but. It would have taken several more days and a couple grand more to to do get it completely level, and I just it just wasn't worth it. Um, to be honest with you, it just it was good enough. I mean, it is yep. what it is. Or so just for those folks who don't know, I ripped up a lot of carpet, some laminate before, putting new laminate down, and um, the floor downstairs kind of was like this <laughs> in a lot of spaces. Upstairs was fine, but it took fourteen bags of concrete leveler to um, or floor leveler, self-leveling concrete, whatever you want to call it. And it kind of leveled the floor out. But there were a couple places where it was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, it was out of I think that stuff's gypsum, I think. It's like a portable gypsum. Uh, it's, it's, I, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's almost like a concrete. I, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, mean, I can look it up. I think gypsum's the main ingredient. So, yeah, so there was that. And then <clears throat> a busy week and then, you know, Valentine's and then, um, Last night, took uh, Jerry and I took Michael to uh, went out to the Toto and or sorry the Journey um, featuring Toto fifty uh, year anniversary concert. I was like, oh my God, they're fifty. Nice the band is fifty, but um, so it was very interesting. It was a very good show, and and you know, like Journey, like Toto. Now I know everybody's like, oh, why'd you make your teenager go? We didn't actually make him go. At fourteen, he was like. It was yeah. his idea. He was like, "That can we go?" And I'm like, yeah. "Michael is an old soul. Like that is for sure. Like he is. He is definitely an old soul. He is uh, absolutely. Yeah, loved it. He 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 was like, Dad, I really thought I knew more songs, but I only knew like about two or three. He's. I'm like, but was it good? He said, No, it was a good concert. Yeah. But it was funny. We were kind of sitting there and um, watching folks come in. We were kind of at the end of the arena, um, just a little bit to the left, far back in the stage. We weren't on the floor. We were in the lower level, and we were at the back part of the section on the end. And so people were walking down the aisles, and you know, we can kind of see the whole floor and most of the arena in front of us. And he looks over at me. He's like, Dad, he said, I have never seen so much gray hair in one place in my life. <laughs> Oh, burn. Burn. I'm like, well, you're right. But it was, I mean, he had a blast. I mean, he had a good time. Um, The Toto show was, was pretty good. You know, I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of high hopes for that. Of course, you know, and they did Africa and everybody's singing. And then Journey came on. And so if folks who may not know or have kept up with Journey, everybody knows Journey, Steve Perry, incredible voice, just phenomenal voice but he decided a long time ago he wasn't touring again and so when journey said hey we're, we're gonna we want to go back on tour he was like i'm not doing it and they're like well, so we have to find somebody and they were like how do we find a replacement for steve Perry?" i mean it's like it's an iconic voice right so the the short version of it is they went on the internet and started searching and they found these youtube videos they found this dude and in the Philippines, a, a, a Filipino guy who was managed to get started in this kind of like local band. And they were trying to figure out how to get a hold of him. And fast forward, they ended up getting him over. He auditioned. And I, I'm going to tell you, 
this guy came on stage last night. I, I, I did. I had a, I'd heard him a little bit on the videos. My expectation wasn't super high. I was like, eh, you know, it's not going to be exactly the same. There were times that I, I tell you, I could have closed my eyes and you would have thought Steve Perry was on the stage. I mean, this dude just nailed it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if you haven't seen the story or heard the story about how they found the new lead singer for Journey, go look it up because it is a very, there's a, a very there's great a documentary. On, it used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it's still there or not, but there is a documentary. It's probably on Hulu or Prime by now. I'm sure, sure you can get it somewhere. But yeah, it's it's. I got to go watch the documentary, but I, I, I've watched kind of like the short stories around it. But I will tell you, if you get a chance to go see him sing, it it it's worth it. It's worth it. It was really a, a great performance. So how about you? What's up with you? Oh, not much. I mean, it's just it. It's been quote unquote a normal week, so to speak. I don't know, a couple trips to the doctors, right? I mean, we talked about health, you know, in the last episode a little bit. So got the testosterone recheck. Doctor is pretty happy with that. Uh, you see the, the stitches or one or it's like one one and a half stitches, if that makes sense. Uh, I had to have a bump taken off my nose, and everything was cool there. They sent it off. Um, benign, so nothing to worry about. Uh, other than that, man, I mean, the diet's going pretty good. I am down, uh, well, since the start. So, you know, I'd gotten up to 325 this morning. I'm down to 308. So, good. No, on, on good. the right direction, feeling better. That's good. Trying to take off some stress. Other than that, you know, trying to still plow through at work and get some headway, you know, uh, a week before last, I, I did go out of town, had a photo shoot, uh, and video shoot production that I was art directing and doing the marketing concept for with the agency. So, and yeah. other things and other things, so other roles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did. I did have to, uh, be some of the talent in there. Like it's inescapable. Like I really, like, I don't mind like it being a hand or an arm, but no, nah, this time it's, it's full on me. So, and it's not that I'm, I'm worried about it, but I don't want to be the face of the brand. And if I keep reappearing, I start to become the face of the brand, which is not, I don't want to be flow <laughs> so, like for progressive, right. Or, or Jake from state farm. So, um, I, I actually know some people that manage social marketing for some companies that are also the faces and it, it makes their work situation a, a little uh, I'm going to say precarious, but it's like, how do they move on from that when they are now that person? Like, how do they take a larger yeah. role and move their career forward without there being like this demand to continue to do this other thing? So I guess there's ways to work around that. But yeah, I mean, it was fun. Like, I, you, you know me, I don't have a problem just acting the part like that and, you know, being silly and getting people, you know, kind of in, in the role. It's, it's, uh, I am not an actor, but I am comfortable doing those things because truth is when I was a cop, I learned to do that. I, I was, well, I did the job and I was the police officer. It's still an act you put on for the public, right? So I'm not right. John, I'm law enforcement officer Leonard, right? Like, so there's a difference in a sense that when someone's screaming and cussing at you, they're, it's the uniform and the badge, not you personally. Uh, and so then in my years of leadership and management, you know, you were in, in leadership in the Navy, for example, right? Like you, you have to put on the role, right? Like yeah. you're, you're not Eddie, you're the petty officer, right? Like you have right. to play the role and do the thing. And then like, when you're alone, you're just like, right. Very <laughs> much. That's just I, can't, I can't wait to see, I can't wait to see some of the, the finished product. It's, yeah. 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 It's, it'll, um, it's going to be funny. Like, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm going to be 100% honest. Looking forward to it. <laughs> well, cool. Yeah, right. it's, it's let's, let's, let's kind of start jumping into topic for this week. I think we've got a little bit of a different topic. Um, it's, yeah. not, necessarily, it's not necessarily a Gen X thing, but it, it, it is something I think that is important or at least a lot of Gen X's talk about. I think we identify with it. We identify with it. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely, it's a, it's a topic that's, that's a little bit different, but, um, we're going to talk a little bit about guns, firearms, weapons, and I know Worse. weapons. Thanks. Um, so, so what we're going to talk about a little bit of that. So since that's our topic this week, you know, we, we did last week, we did our last episode, we did uh, smoked meats. And so our, we did a little bit of our new, new our little new thing here. Oh, sidebar, sidebar. Uh -oh, Sorry. Sidebar. So we're doing the carnivore and keto thing. Shout out to Aldi's. These are awesome, right? So they're the Aldi brand, no carbs. 
They're awesome. They're really good. I'm going to have to go get me some of those. Yeah, so if you're doing the low-carb thing, hit Aldi. It's good. Yep. They have a keto bread uh, bun that's mm-hmm. really good. They're like smaller they keto products, actually. Um, yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. So Fire here we go. This or that for this week. All right. So since we're talking about guns and firearms, now this one might be a little bit controversial for a lot of folks. Nine millimeter or 45? 45. Gotcha. Glock or Smith & Wesson? Glock. Oh, yeah. Me too. I'm a Glock guy. Uh, all right. So carrying inner waistband, outer waistband? Outer waistband. Yeah, I'm an inner waistband guy. Well, see, so let me so having been in law enforcement, okay, my muscle memory is still geared to outside the waistband. And now, do I carry completely concealed inside the waistband? Sure, I, I, I do. But if I'm not going somewhere that uh, requires me to conceal carry, North Carolina is an open carry state. I mm-hmm. I open yep. carry a lot. <laughs> and, yeah. Most people, everyone's worried about it. Look, most people are so unobservant, they don't realize you have a gun on you and you could be standing right next to them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, totally. All right. So if you are carrying appendix or hip. Yep. Same reason. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, well, I'm not an appendix carrier. I'm a bigger guy. I think it's a little more tough, difficult for bigger I know folks. some really big guys, and I'm going to lie. The last guy I talked to about it, he appendix carries. He's bigger than me. He was like, man in class, we talked about stomach over or stomach under. He was like, you got to pick one. I guess that that makes sense. Okay. Old school iron sights or optics? I know that's a tough one. Old school iron. So if if you're not doing (laughs) iron sights and you're going optics, red or green dot? Um, Red dot. See, I think green's easier for me. All right. So last one, this or that. Home thinking in your home, shotgun, long gun. Shotgun. Oh, yeah. Me too. Absolutely. Shotgun or long gun? We actually we had had a conversation about this with my mm-hmm. mind um, the other yesterday. We talked about that, and it's like, yeah, I really want another shotgun. Well, as as Clint Smith from Thunder Ranch said, a twelve gauge will take a chunk of you and throw it on the floor. <laughs> so it's pretty freaking effective, regardless of where you hit. I, I mean, you know, I do have pops long barrel shotgun, mm-hmm. and for those who don't know, the the it's the barrel on it's got to be thirty inches or longer. Yeah, yeah, I. I, I, I Pull that shotgun out, which barely fits in my safe. I wouldn't even ever have to fire it because that thing would make you crap yourself. You just see somebody point that thing. I mean, it's just just massively yeah. down the barrel. Anyway, no, I do right. have. So you know, I mean, those are good questions. I mean, so we talk about like optics and stuff, but shotgun. I do have. I mentioned Clint Smith. I I like the shotgun. I do have a Thunder Ranch Edition Mossberg, which is a as legally short of a barrel as you can get, uh, with a built-in breecher tip on it and a shortened stock. So it's it's literally designed. He designed it with Mossberg to, for clearing houses and home defense. Um, and I actually do have a red dot on it. Um, shotguns generally just have a bead on the front, nothing on the back because you're, I mean, that's just the way they work. It's, it's not about accuracy. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, on a handgun though. So, so the reason I said iron sights and I want to be clear. So I'm going to tell you like my Glock setup that I have on one of my Glocks, um, the one I built, custom built, is I, I, and then I said red, I actually have a green triangle Trijicon. And the reason I got it, it was on sale and they, I got them from Optics Planet. They were clearancing them out and they were, nobody likes to buy green, right? Everybody says red. And so, I mean, it's a $600 optic and I think I paid like $200 for it. Like it is ridiculous, Trijicon RMR. But I put co-witnessed sights on it. So you do silencer, height, iron sights. So I did co-witness sights on it that are adjustable for windage. And the reason why is the optics can break, right? I'm a big believer. If you're going to build a weapon, then you need to take into account it might fail or things might go south really quick. It might get broke. It is still a piece of glass on a red dot, right? So an RMR and they're super tough. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it would take a lot, but you, it can get broke. And then you're left with hoping I'm pointing in the right direction. So the iron sights serve as a backup. My ARs have same thing. You know, I've got red dots on them. I actually have a longer range scope. I could put on my AR also, but they have flip up iron sights. When I say iron, I mean, they're actually metal. My Glock ones are metal. Mm-hmm. All my guns are, they're actually like, they're tough. Um, you're not going to break them. And 
at most you might knock them and get them a little out of the line. Yeah, I'm just a big fan on redundancy. I mean, when I built my AR, uh, I mean, there are cheap ways to build it, but I went with a cold hammer forged barrel and the, the whole setup, the feed ramps and everything that can take junk ammo instead of having to have brand new shiny brass ran through it all the time. I could run the dirtiest, nastiest, still cased Russian stuff and it, it runs fine. Yeah, I mean, that's what you want. You want something that, that's reliable. I mean, that's the thing, right? Your firearm, when you need it, you need it. And you need to make sure that, and again, I think you, you mentioned earlier, I asked you Glocker, Smith and Wesson, both excellent firearms. I have nothing against either one. It wasn't, question wasn't put there as of actually two of my top favorite guns that I own. One is a Glock and one is a Smith and Wesson. And so they're two of my pistols. So I, you know, I have a, a Glock 48 and then I have a MMP 20 which I absolutely love both of those and, and they're good firearms. But yeah, Glock for sure. It's hard to beat the reliability. I, you know, they just don't mm -hmm. fail. I mean, not that they won't, but they, they're, they're yeah, they can, but I mean, that's after thousands and thousands of rounds, you know? I mean, so I'll preface it on the same reason. Yeah. That's why I say Glock is if you want, when, when people ask me, Hey, I, I want to buy a gun. I want to carry a gun. I want a gun for the house. What should I get? And they're like, I want a handgun. I'll generally recommend Glock if it fits them. The first thing I actually tell them is buy the gun that fits you that you will carry and shoot. Because if it's uncomfortable, it's worthless because you're never going to carry it. But that aside, the lock will go bang every time you pull the trigger. And, um, you know, but I will say, right, so let me be, be clear. Do I think it's the best gun ever manufactured? No. Like, so I could tell you the smoothest gun I've ever shot, the most accurate gun I've ever shot was a 1911. But it was a full bore five thousand dollar competition. Nineteen eleven. Yeah. It's, it's not a gun that you're gonna carry with you day to day. After that, definitely would be Sig. Uh, my Sig was a attack driver. You know, they had the um, SOCOM contract for a long time for Special Forces. FN is a great gun. Um, my Beretta I carried when I was a cop. I had to carry to 96. I know those of you who are in the military probably carried a 92. I know you qualified with a 92, but those were kind of junky in the military. They're wore out and loose, but my 96 was great gun, smooth, reliable. But that Glock, I would have no doubt that if I dropped it in wet concrete and had to reach in there and pick it up and pull the trigger, it's going <laughs> to, yeah. going to fire. Like I just, I'm that convinced of that gun's ability to run dry, dirty, get beat up, get ran over, get dropped, that it's, it's going to work. So that, that's uh, my, I, I agree. more of a, I'm yeah. a work based scenario kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you. And I, you know, it's funny you mentioned it. It's like, get, get the gun that, that you, I, I get that same question a lot of time. What should, what should I get? And I'm, it's like, that's, that's not an easy question to answer. And you see it in like any of, if you're part of any of the forums where folks are talking firearms or any of that, there's always this, it's just like, I guess with anything, there's always, you got these folks that are just like, oh, it's got to be this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they know the best. And it's just like, no, it's, it's not. It's like pizza, I guess. Everybody says New York's the best, but you ask people from Chicago and Chicago say it's the best. I'm like, they're pizza. Depends on my mood. I like them both. Yeah. And so I'm kind of like, yeah, it's like, I can tell you what I know from my experience that what are good guns doesn't mean they're the best and it definitely doesn't mean it's going to be the best for you it's really about what you can handle what fits your your grip the best so you can have i mean because that's really just as important as the weapon is the your ability to have a good grip on the gun right yeah. because if you can't control the firearm you're not going to get a good shot off and so yep. i think that's important you know and that's something that we've worked through with with jerry as she's gotten more into firearms and and has started you know shooting she enjoys it we actually just talked yesterday and she's like yeah i really want to go back to the range but she's got to have she just found out she got a cataract so we got to get that taken care of before she can go back to the range because like, you can't shoot you can't see so anyway so we went through a few different guns with her she had a, her first one that she had handgun wise was a, a glock 43x it was good you know she liked shooting it but it was just a little too heavy for her to carry every day and so you know then we got her a hellcat which I'm not a fan of just don't like the way it shoots it's not very easy and definitely was not easy for her so we went and we actually just just went and got her a a sig the p320 and it you know mm -hmm. nine millimeter and it, it it's got optics on it and a, a night iron sight and she loves it um so far so you know we we gotta we just got it yesterday so we gotta gotta get around to the range and get, get a few rounds run through it once she gets her eyes fixed so and she likes it so far she says oh yeah this she goes i can definitely handle this one just you know, much better. She's just a lot lighter to carry. I mean, Sig, Sig makes a great firearm, um, mm -hmm. which really just kind of, you know, it, it's the, here's the point too, right? I know you said this would be controversial to a lot of people. And I, you know, 
maybe it is, maybe it isn't. You know, where I'm at, it's not controversial at all, but that's a different story. Uh, I mean, so the the point of firearm ownership, you know, to some degree, I'm not going to get into the, well, okay, I I will for a second. Having been in law enforcement on a day-to-day basis, you are a lot closer in the world to violent people than you actually realize. I have four children. I've had someone follow my wife with my kids and me back into Walmart. And then they tried to approach us um, until I made the firearm evident. And then they hightailed it away. I've had people come up to me in a parking lot, screaming and shouting, just mental health problem, drugs, whatever, whatever the issue was while my family's in the vehicle. I don't go looking for a confrontation. So I can tell you the guy at Walmart, we were down an aisle and kind of blocked in. So I'm not going to let you get close to me or my family when you evidently, I'll tell you the story, right? I'll be quick about it. So we were walking into Walmart through the garden center and walking out was a gentleman and I couldn't help but notice he was dressed well, but well in the, in a conspicuous way. And what I mean by that is it's not like he was wearing a suit and tie because that probably wouldn't have raised my heckles. This guy was wearing like a nice flannel shirt, starched jeans that were ironed. The shirt was tucked in. And I'm like, nobody does that, right? Especially where I'm at, right? Like the people who wear that kind of stuff is like farming. Like you, you, don't, you don't crease your jeans. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't, so they're like khaki car hearts to be, be precise. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, and, and the, sh- I'm just like, it's too put together, right? Like very intentional. And so I just, it caught my eye and I noticed that Well, he was walking out. Well, we walked in through the garden center, went down and the clearance aisles used to be just outside the garden center. We were on, on the aisle and I was kind of towards the end of the aisle and I saw the guy walk past the aisle and I was like, well, he was leaving and he walked past yeah. the aisle. And then I bit, he walks back past the aisle and looks down the aisle at us and walks, keeps walking this way. And at this point, I moved back to my wife and kids. At that point, he comes back around the corner and tries to start engaging in some kind of conversation. So I grabbed them in the buggy and pulled them behind me. I was like, hey, you need to stop. I don't know what you're doing. I was like, I saw you leaving. You're following us. This confronted him instantly, which people are. And he's like, well, no, I just want to. And, and so I had a jacket. It was wintertime. I had a jacket on and I swung my jacket back and put my hand on my gun. And he was just like, whoa, and, turned and left. Like, so whatever he was planning instantly stopped, instantly stopped. No, oh, absolutely. And, and that's just, you know, that's just one, one example, you know, and it's, you know, beyond that. I, I kind of feel like it's a lot of things. It's why we do one of the reasons we do the podcast. We're freedom of speech. It, it's a right. You should exercise it. Like if we don't, then yeah, you know, we risk losing our ability to do so. Jerry, Jerry was when we first met many, many moons ago was, was pretty much against guns a lot. I mean, she got that like her, you know, William, our oldest was, you know, he went hunting with his dad, his biological father. And you know, that always made her nervous. And I'm like, look, he's growing up understanding what guns are, how they're used, how dangerous they are, that they're tools. And he's taught to respect them and taught how to handle them safely. I said, it's a good thing. Fast forward, very similar situation. Actually, it was in a Walmart parking lot. She got approached as she was walking to her car. Um, luckily, she had gotten into her car and got the door locked. And the person was still coming up, was getting ready to bang on her window. And she, she got out of there and she came home and she says, okay, I'm done. I'm ready. She's like, take me to the range. I mean, that was it. She she literally, she was like, I understand now. She's like, I'm not going to let that happen to me. She's not going to become a victim. And she can stand up for herself. I mean, she, she'll hold her own in a fight. Don't get me wrong. I ain't worried about that. But it's like, you, yeah. you never know what the situation is. You get no, you don't. You know, and I have a friend who was bad, uh, bad people, bad people uh, out there, and they're going to do bad yeah, things no matter was, what. Uh, went up with gas at a gas station and was grabbed at the gas station and barely was able to get back in her car and get the door locked and fight them off. Like physically, they grabbed her and were trying to take her. You know who it is. I'll tell you later if you don't remember. But um, I yeah, know. no, I know. So we, yeah, we talked. So, I mean, you, you don't have to look far outside of your circle or even a lot of times within your circle. And people have experiences like that, you know, in Walmart, I think most Americans shop at Walmart, whether you admit you do or not, we all go there for something. Mm-hmm. I uh, saw a stat a few years ago. If Walmarts, plural, all Walmarts were their own city, demographically speaking, right? Like Chicago, LA, New York, Walmart would have the highest violent crime rate of any city in the nation. That doesn't surprise me. Yep. 
So well, you take can't, that with what you want about going to Walmart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But your point is you're closer than you think. So Absolutely. Jerry and I were out. We went out to, for Valentine's dinner on Friday night. We didn't go on Valentine's. I cooked dinner on Valentine's night. So we went out on Friday night. You know, we try to avoid going out on that day because of the whole special menu thing. It's just too crowded. So we waited. So we went to one of our favorite restaurants downtown. Very nice restaurant, but it's downtown. And downtown has not been doing so well in the crime rate stuff lately. There's been a lot of violence down there. And then there's the homelessness situation is it's sad. It's a lot of folks with a lot of, like you said earlier, mental health problems and people they don't know what to do with them, so they end up on the streets, and that's that's the sad thing. But here we are in this very nice restaurant, and it's on one of the busy streets right there near an, an area that's known for the homeless folks. And there was a, a rehearsal dinner going on in the next half of the, They had that half of the room blocked off, and we were sitting there, but I can see, you know, I was sitting to where I can see the door, obviously. And so I can see in the door, um, homeless guy comes in right inside the door and starts screaming and yelling inside there in that very nice rehearsal dinner. I feel so bad for those people. That could have gone sideways really quick. You know, I, th I think one of the things that we're trying to say here is that it's it, firearms are are great. They're good for sport. They're good. It's actually very stress relieving to go go down to the range and shoot some metal targets, shoot some paper targets, whatever. And and it's fun hunting. Obviously, I don't do a lot of hunting, but you know I have in the past, and it's fun. Um, it's enjoyable, and you know it's also a good way to provide um, meat. You know William does a lot of hunting, and everything that they kill, they bring back. It's like I can't tell you how many times he's brought me de deer jerky or something. It's been really good. But you know safety, safety's a big thing, and it's like. When I go to the car, when I go fill up my gas in the car, it doesn't matter if I'm in a, a good neighborhood, a not so good neighborhood, a neighborhood I don't know what level it is. When I'm pumping gas, and I see this all the time, I see folks when I'm at the gas station, they're staring at their phones while the car's pumping gas. I'm like, yeah. you are not being smart. And I think one of the lessons that we're trying to, to convey here is safety. Be aware of your surroundings. I always walk the four corners of my car, or at least walk two of them. You know, I'm constantly head on a swivel, right? It's like I'm put the gas in, let it run on its own. And I could hear it click and I'm just walking around. I'm noticing cars coming in, cars going out. Some of that is military training. You know, folks say it's just a guy thing. I, I think maybe some of it, maybe, you know, maybe this is the Gen X tie-in, right? We, we got, we got taught so much and talked to so much. When we, we, were, all thought we were going to be kidnapped. We all thought we were going to be kidnapped, right? We thought that, you know, it's the, it's the crazy guy down by the river in the white yeah. van offering his candy. We were, you know, we, we kept telling, we were being told we were going to be kidnapped. Well, you know, I'm convinced I was going to be kidnapped one night in Blountville. Yeah, I, no, I, I remember. I, I took, took the trash down. We had this really long, it seemed like really long anyway. It was a pretty long driveway, though. Oh, it was a long driveway. Yeah, and I rolled the toter all the way down this gravel driveway, and it was late at night. It was dark, and... Here comes this truck up the road and I'm rolling trash can. I don't think twice about it. I'm not worried about getting hit and I'm rolling trash can out there. I was what? Third grade, third grade. And third so, grade. you know, I have the toter and like I'm going and the truck slows down and stops and a door opens. I just let go of the trash can, just fight or flight tuck in and up the driveway. I couldn't tell you. I, I'm telling you right now, I'm convinced that person was going to try to grab me. Like, would not surprise me. Yeah. I mean, who, who knows? You know, um, so, you know, I teach my kids uh, and parents when you're, you're listening. So this goes to your thing about being alert. So I talk a lot about them like, hey, we're in a parking lot. Pay attention. You need to be looking around. You need to be looking at other vehicles. You need to have your head on a swivel. You're less likely to be a target if you seem alert and your head is up and you're looking around. Like that's, you know, the first first stage of, of like making sure that you're aware of what's going on. Make sure, you know, your keys are in your hand, all those types of things that we in your car. As soon as you get in your car, lock the door like that's just basic personal safety stuff in a, in a parking area. You, to your point, none of this, you know, uh, head down phone, fumbling for my keys, back turned. You know, even when I put groceries in the car, you know, in the trunk, I'm not facing the trunk. I am facing the predominant direction where I usually park at the end or as far down as I can and walk. And I'm facing most of the direction that the people are. So, you know, I used to get on to Brittany a lot about like, hey, you need stuff in your hand before you get out in the parking lot. So you're not fumbling around. It just, but yeah, to your point, a lot of people, they don't do that. They feel safe. I've been here a million times. They get acclimated to it. 
But man, it doesn't take long. You just hang out in a Walmart parking lot and on any given day, you're at least going to get someone trying to hustle you for something, panhandling, um, wh- whatever whatever the case may be. And that's, that's really any large shopping center. So I'm picking a Walmart, but man, like if I'm a panhandler, I'm going to Target. <laughs> People now, got the money, right? Target, Ikea. Like we, yeah, we, had, we had a really nice, we have a really nice shopping center that's not too far from here. And there there was a couple of carjackings. Um, People in the parking lot there got carjacked. It's a nice neighborhood nice area nice very well lit parking lot and people are just getting carjacked right then and there and it's it's it doesn't take but a second it's you, go, you always have got to be aware of what's going on you know my it's funny because every time we go somewhere restaurants or whatever and the, the wife is always like all right which which seat you got to be in she knows i gotta i gotta have you know my back to the wall facing the door um so that i can see or at least one of the exits and sometimes we get in situations where it's like and, and actually we we ended up when we were at the restaurant i could see one door but i couldn't see see all the doors and that homeless guy actually was behind me and she pointed it out before I did um because she saw it coming from the other angle and so you know she's even learned to become aware of her surroundings and, and watching well, things and so unfortunately you got to I mean like and, and you know so I guess you know back to the firearm topic though so I you know the point that we're getting about awareness is firearms are just the first step as far as personal defense. Um, you know your mindset has to change, your awareness has to change, and something that I, I really want to reiterate to people is, you know, if you're not good at conflict resolution and avoidance, um, or you're someone who gets hyped up and and hot headed real easy, you don't need to carry a gun because you know very early on in rookie school, one of the lessons you're taught is there's always a gun in every encounter as a cop because you always have one. More police officers are killed with their own firearm than outside firearms from a percentage standpoint. So you're more likely to be killed with your own firearm because you get in a fight, somebody takes from you and they shoot you. Um, so you're taught weapon retention and that kind of stuff. But my point there is you're going to carry a firearm. You know, you've got to be able to disengage from the situation if you can. And I, I make it very clear to people like I am not, this is going to sound horrible, carrying a firearm for the general public. I'm no longer a police officer. Okay. I carry a firearm for me and my family. So let's use the hypothetical scenario of someone starts shooting inside of a Walmart and we're in Walmart. I'm not going to go hunt that person down. I'm not engaging in battle. My job is to take me and mine and flee the situation and create distance. And that gun is there to create distance at that point. Um, I'm not going to go Rambo. I'm not the SAS dude in Kenya in a mall. Like it's, that's not what this is about. Because number one, I have a complete tactical disadvantage. I don't know who, where, or how many right from the get go. So you're just no. So I'm going to create as much distance and space as I can. Now, if I have to use it, me and my wife have had this conversation, her job at that point, if I say you have to go and I'm staying is not to argue. It is to do exactly what I say. And at that point, I'm now the target and I'm going to actively engage the person in order for my family to leave the situation. And these are conversations you have to have when you carry a weapon or both of you carry a weapon. You know, it's, you know, with Brittany, it's like her weapon is the last line of defense for the children, right? Like you, if we've got to engage, you're not engaging. Your job is to flee with the children. And it's yeah. my job to engage. If I go down and there's still no line of escape, like, yeah, you're the last man standing at that point. Um, so your mindset has to shift. But if someone was to come up and like, I don't know, I'd say they get the drop on me. Like it's a silly way to say it. But like they're right on top of me. They got a knife. Like, hey, give me your wallet. Throw it down. Yeah. Exactly. I, I'm talking about here you go. Like I'm not even gonna throw it. I'm like, here you go. You want my keys? Here you go. I don't care. Those are material things. This is about like life or death. Yeah, you know, if someone's gonna try to hurt me with a knife, then that's a different like you're gonna get cut. You get to pick where. Like the, I mean, I'm just telling you, like, that's the way you train. Like you when you train for defensive tactics and knives, you train with I'm gonna get cut, but I get to determine where. So while I do this and you grab my weak arm and cut my weak arm, my strong arm will be on my handgun. Yes, me getting cut's gonna hurt, but I'm probably not gonna feel it because of the adrenaline. Oh, you know, yeah. not initially, so I'm not really worried about it. But yeah, I'm not um it's, it's not a Rambo machismo thing. It it really is about protecting me and my loved ones, right? Like I'm yeah. not gonna if I walked in, I was in a gas station and it's getting robbed. I, I can't say that I'm the guy that from the cooler case is going to pull a gun and shoot and kill the guy who's holding the gun at the cashier. Because odds are, if the cashier just hands them the money, they're going to leave. That That is mathematically what's likely to happen versus if I start popping off rounds, I don't know who's outside. I don't know what my backstop is. I don't know what's going on out there. Does this guy have somebody else in the store with him again? They usually work in pairs. So... 
there's you a made yourself a target. Yeah. Yeah. There's just lots of disadvantages, you know? And unfortunately I'm probably the guy that would have a gun and it would take them actually shooting at someone or shooting someone before I'd pull the weapon out at that point and be like, okay, well now it's serious. Well, there's, there's also the legal side of that and I'm not going to try to give legal. Oh no, yeah. That's a, because depending on what state you're in, that varies widely. Widely. Absolutely. Yeah. Generally speaking, it's in the ground. Some states you have an obligation to flee. There's yeah, there's a, a lot of lot of things that go into it. So yeah, there's there's a there's a ton of it. And you have to if you're gonna if you're gonna carry a weapon, if you're in a state that allows it, which most do, although there are a few that don't. We're yeah. gonna get into politics. Know the law. <laughs> know the law. Um again, as yeah. working school saying, you got to know the law to work the law. And you you really need to be you know, even North Carolina is an open carry state. Um, but I, I'd still tell people, even if you're not gonna get concealed carry, you're gonna open carry. Uh, you need to go take some classes and you need to actually learn use of force, what the gun laws are. Uh, it's not an all-encompassing open carry state. You can't open carry everywhere. You need to learn. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You got you to learn kind of, what well, you can do within the bounds of the law. Most folks that I find, not all, but most of the folks that I find that open carry, I, I feel like a lot of them are trying to show something, prove something. And uh, Not all of them, but there are ones that you can tell they're the ones that got the massive holster and they're carrying like the largest handgun they could find, it seems like. And I'm just like, dude, I don't know what you're doing. I, I really don't know what you're doing. I prefer, I, I'm like, if you're going to carry a gun, go get your permit, conceal carry. If you're in North, in North Carolina, you have to have a, a permit. There's a process to go through background checks and it's fair extensive it's not a it's not a, a quick process you got to get fingerprinted they do background checks they do mental health background checks is it perfect probably not there's probably room for improvement but um i feel like it's a, a fair process it just takes a long time now so yeah I, I i if you're gonna carry one i think you're you're right it's go get some training go get yeah. your just get just conceal carry it, it takes it it's so much better in my opinion because nobody knows you're carrying you don't make yourself a target you don't make other people uncomfortable because some people are just uncomfortable around guns and that's okay i mean i get it i, I would love for everybody to be comfortable around guns but everybody's yeah. not and that's okay everybody doesn't have to be comfortable with it. i can't tell you how many times i've been around people who i know for a 100 percent fact just do not like guns and they would flip out if they knew i was carrying one with me when, when had, having a conversation with them and i'm just like in a conversation about guns um that and i knew the person and they knew i used to be in law enforcement so they started in with their you know uh anti i mean they were staunchly anti-gun like nobody should have them i was like oh, good for you for having a viewpoint we just had a conversation about it and meanwhile, the whole time I was concealed carrying and standing there having a conversation with them, there's like, I just don't know why people, you know, what, what, what is it going to do for you? You know? And I'm just like, huh, you know, hopefully it doesn't do anything for me. Hopefully I never need a fire extinguisher. That's the old, everyone brings out hopefully it's a fire extinguisher, you know, like, but life insurance. I hope I don't ever need it. Yeah. I hope I don't need my life insurance either. I hope I don't need my car insurance. Like there's, there's a lot of things that I hope I don't ever use in life. I mean, um, so yeah. Yeah. That's one of them. I hope I never, ever have to pull it out in a situation other than practicing it. Yeah. I, you know, I think the last thing I'm going to wrap up my end of the conversation with this, I want everybody to remember. So I talked about like, kind of like the weapons and the stuff I have on my weapons um, to some degree, my actual, so I want to be clear. The Glock I built is kind of a safe queen. Like she just sits in there and looks pretty and I take it to the range and shoot it. And it's nice. My actual carry is a stock Glock 19. The reason why is it gets the job done for self-defense. For, for what I need it to do, not running competitions with it. I'm not, the odds of you being engaged in a gun battle with someone who knows how to run a firearm is almost zero. Like, because probably if someone knows how to run a gun like that, they're not a bad guy. They've been around guns their whole lives. They would already have had the impetus to do something and then not be able to own guns, be in jail. But what you have to remember is if you do have to use your gun, this is, this is the only legal advice opinion that I'm going to give you. I'm not a lawyer, so don't take it for legal advice. Not um, official legal advice. It is a uh, few things. Number one, 100% you will be sued. Mm -hmm. So it's not criminal. So I'm going to talk about that in a second. In a civil trial, only a majority of the people have to find that you were culpable or negligent. Okay, And that's a far cry from guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Civil trials are not guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. They are, you're culpable, you're somewhat culpable, you're negligent, you are intentional. Like there's a lot of gradients that go mm -hmm. into you losing a civil and what the ultimate penalty will be. So one of the things they they do and defense attorneys do, I'm going to use my little cigar torch here as an example, is they will take your gun because it will be confiscated by the police and they will hold it up in court. 
and they will go, well, what's this Punisher skull mean? Right. And what I like is uh, the it's uh, a barrel they have for 1911s. It says um, smile and wait for the flash on the end of the barrel yeah. around it, you know, um, or why do you have this military optic on your weapon? Were you just planning on killing somebody like that's I'm, I'm telling you, I've been in court. I've heard these questions. Um, and so to the average person, it looks scary. And if they don't know firearms, because again, that side's going to have just as much say in picking the jury as your side does. So there's going to be people on there that probably stand with their viewpoint or have no experience. And they're going to be like, yeah, why, why did he add more magazine capacity and all these bells and whistles on his gun? Was he just itching to do something? It, it looks bad. Okay. Especially if you have some kind of slogan or saying on your gun that implies, you're willing to kill somebody or you're out to kill somebody. It speaks. You're the one who put it on there. You're the one who's saying like everything that goes with that. I know the Chris Kyle skull was real popular for a while. And his, the saying for his agency was violence does solve problems. Like that's bad. Like you put that on a gun and you use it and someone dies, you're going to yeah. lose money. You're going to lose a lot of money. That's, that's civil. Criminally, I, this is the advice I'm going to give you, whether you are justified in the shooting or not justified in the shooting. And this is my advice to anything about law enforcement. As the Pop Brothers at Law say, shut the F up. This is what you need to say when you are approached and questioned by law enforcement after a shooting. I was scared for my life. I am rattled. I do not want to speak to you. I want my attorney. I am invoking the Fifth Amendment. And you stop and you don't say another word. That is it. That is all you say. You don't fight. You don't argue. They ask you for ID. You give them ID. They tell you to give them the gun. You give them the gun. They tell you you're under arrest. Put your hands behind your back. You don't speak. Those, if you, when you start talking, that is considered a spontaneous utterance and it is admissible in court. So even after you say, I invoke the Fifth Amendment, they can't ask you questions. But if you start garbage mouthing and you don't know oh, yeah. Because you're hyped up, then that cop's going to write down with, they said they came here, 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 and this, this, and this happened. And you're in the fog of war, so to speak. And the surveillance camera inside the store shows something different. Oh, well, now the evidence in the story don't match. And you start like, it just builds a really, like, shut up. This, yeah. I was it's scared. The thing for people to do. <laughs> I'm rattled. I need to speak to an attorney before I can talk to you. I'm invoking my fifth amendment for my own protection. I will cooperate with anything you tell me to do, except for answering the questions or speaking. And you sit down. That's it. That is it. If they arrest you, so be it. Go to jail, but shut up. It's yeah. It's going to be a temporary thing. They yeah. I mean, because the cop doesn't know what happens. I mean, the cop might be perfectly fine with cases of self-defense, but then you say something, it's just like, well, yeah. that's not self-defense because you didn't, you didn't phrase it correctly. So yeah, it's, it's always best to just be quiet. Yeah. Let the professionals handle it. So I know we typically try to steer clear of controversial topics. I know, I know guns are really, yeah. topic. Now, but uh, we yeah. try to keep it. I think we tried to keep it non-controversial. Like if you're anti-gun, that's fine. I, Again, I, I, I don't have a problem with that. Like, but I don't either. Yeah, it, don't. it's people who are a bit disingenuous about what they actually want, and they're disguising it as something else. Like, if you just don't like guns and you want them gone, then say that and make that argument, make that fight. If you think the Second Amendment should be repealed, then push forth, go have that's at it, see if you can get it through Congress and have states ratify it. If you do, then I was, I guess, I was wrong about what most Americans think. Um, but yeah. yeah, anyway, anyway, all right, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's do a little bit of add money, righteous. Oh. But yeah, I did finally pull the trigger on the new desk. Nice. Um, yeah, the, the the Corsair Platform 6 Creator Edition. It's something I've had my eye on since they came out in October. They were out. There was a very short period of time. They become unavailable. Then they become available again. And by the time I was able to get, get there to try to get one, they were gone. And then so I'm like, oh, just waiting and waiting. It's like literally every day checking the website, checking the website. And I was at the point where it had been like almost two months. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, they're never going to get this in stock again. So I started searching and looking at some other options. And I looked at the Secret Lab, uh, the the Magnus Pro desk, which is, yeah, it's great chairs. Great chairs. They, really, <laughs> they, they, really really, they had a really great desk, the Magnus Pro, which was kind of the same size. It just, so the Creator Edition has this huge 
pegboard on the back, some organizing things. I lost about two inches in overall length if I went with that desk, but it still, it was a standing, you know, adjustable desk. But I, but I really wanted this one because it had the T-rail system that pulled everything up off. You could mount your monitor arms, everything off the desk, cable management, phenomenal pegboard accessory, you know, just had the T-rails along the top and the side so you can mount lighting and everything. And I'm like, this is perfect. It's a perfect desk. So I put the Magnus in the cart, kind of paired it up. I'm like, yeah, it's a little bit cheaper. And I'll give it another day. So I cleared my cart and literally two days later, it was there and I'm like, boom, get it. And then it went, it went back out of stock again. I think they got some more back in. I was like, did I get it? Did I actually get it? Did they just charge me and I'm going to be waiting forever? And then finally got the shipping notification because it's like three, four boxes. It's heavy as all get outs. It's shipping ground out of California or somewhere. So hopefully this week, new desk coming in. I'm going to try to do um, an unboxing and assembly video for it, put it all together and then show the final thing. So that's kind of what I spent mad money on. I, I It's expensive. Well, it is. So, I mean, here's a reminder, though, to people. You and I both work from home. We we literally, so your work gives you a benefit where they reimburse you for. Yeah, up to a certain amount. Yeah, up, up to a certain amount. And, and I, I kind of wish my work did. But that's why, I, you know, when I bought the chair, you had one. You're like, no, it's great. You've had back surgery. My back was bothering me. My wrist and elbow were bothering me because the ergonomics were wrong with my other chair. And so, yes, this is a $700 chair or whatever it was. Yeah, they're about 700 bucks. You know, like I really had heartburn about pulling the trigger on that because I don't get reimbursed. But um, I'm going to tell you what, $700 well spent. My back has completely stopped hurting. My wrist and elbow have gotten better. Um, the ergonomics of the chair are correct. You know, my desk, I actually have, everyone has seen my desk. You know what my desk, I can't even tell you, everybody has seen my desk. Whether you've seen my actual desk or not, everyone has seen this desk. It is the typical Broyhill mahogany stained, brass handled executive desk with the drawers, file cabinet, the whole thing. Very, very nice. it, it is very heavy. Uh, Brittany had got it for me years ago before I even worked from home for a place to do podcasting and kind of have my computer in my own little space while I was still in the house. And, uh, you know, it's been great. Like it, 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 it really does work for what I mean, would what you're getting be nice? Um, you know, I actually don't know because you know how my office is set up. I wouldn't be able to see out yeah. here and my office it is all in cave. So that's about the only thing I could really want is some monitor mounts for my extra monitors that kind of float to your point and get them off the desk. Um, and I could drill those and mount them to the front of my desk. I'm not worried about resale value of this thing. I paid 50 bucks for it or she paid 50 bucks for it. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, I mean, so when people are like, Oh my God, like, like, they, like I know we're going to go Google this desk now, see how much it costs. He works from home. Like I, I, I don't, he, he works from home. He works from Microsoft. Like you just, there's a certain amount of just crap you got to have when you work from home just to make yourself comfortable in the space that you really kind of take for granted. So yeah. uh, mad money for me. So I taking a different tact this week, spent a substantial amount of money last week, like more than a new car level, substantial amount of money and realigned some investments and paid off quite a bit of debt uh, that was being paid through real estate because a lot of it was acquired for real estate and also leveraged some stuff into some other investments. And I was just kind of, yeah. Trying to play the spread basically to earn a little more money. Right. I just got tired of the aggravation. Like I'm like, ah, you know what? Like I'm done with the aggravation. I'm done with keeping up with, and I'm done with making sure that I'm positioned correctly just for that amount of money because I was paying interest over here and trying to earn stuff. I sold a bunch of investments and paid off a lot of a lot of debt and freed up cash flow for the family. So it's important this year. We got some things we know coming up. Um, one, we are actually going to Scotland. I don't think I've said that on the show. I did, I did pull the trigger. I told Brittany, that's why I can talk about it on here now. I did give her her birthday present early by telling her what we were doing. So part of that, part of that debt was actually, I put the airfare on the Amex, booked it through Amex because I got a discount. I got the points. I'm mm -hmm. a point for, like, I don't tell you, like I'm, I'm that guy anyway. Oh no. So, you know, I you know did all that and I'm just like, hey, you know, let's just wipe it clean. Start banking some money because at the end of the year, we got some real estate stuff we know we are going to do and get back focused on our primary mission of real estate. That's really what a lot of it boiled down to. So, um, you know, sometimes you got to take a step back and just I realized we started just like this when our core focus is real estate. and We had lost focus of that as a couple and as our investment and retirement platform was real estate. So we're getting laser focused and just kind of resetting this year uh, to get some stuff done. So it's going to be nice. Yeah. No, I mean, paying off debt's a good, I mean, I just, 
I just paid off a big chunk too myself. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, yeah. So, I mean, that was, uh, that's my mad money. I mean, it's nothing tangible. Um, I, I guess well, some things over time were tangible, but like, I feel better, you know, and stress um, relief. I mean, that's tangible. Well, right? and, you know, like, I'm not going to lie to the impact it had on my credit score, I mean, I had good credit, but the impact it had on my credit score in two weeks has been phenomenal. I'm just like, yeah, oh, it's, like it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's like everything's reported in real time now, just to, except for discover what's up, discover yeah. speed up your, <laughs> uh, but everybody else reports in real time except discover apparently. <laughs> yeah. Most of, most of them. And then sometimes like, worst case scenario, you're talking 30 days, like it's yeah. in your state. Run, but it's the credit score thing as a whole. We could probably do a whole episode. Oh, just on credit score. I, and I don't, you know, that I know enough anymore about the secret credit score. Yeah. Google. Yeah. It. Yeah. You go on YouTube and find out about the secret credit score. You don't know that you have, you'll find out real quick. I found out recently that there's two, an, another major one. Everybody always talks about the FICO score. FICO, right? yeah. I guess there's another one too that's called the Advantage Plus mm -hmm. something. And it's like, I only recently found out about that one. And I'm like, what? Because I like, I monitor my, anyway, I wouldn't, not go off a tangent, but yeah, credit score's crazy and paying off a of debt. That's a good thing. I think that's definitely a good mad money, um, a legit mad money thing. I mean, yeah, it is absolutely. It, you, the, you're reaping the benefits of better health, um, yeah. mental health. Mental there, health, yeah. that stress is is. Don't is, tell anybody, but long term, I'm setting myself up to buy the airplane. That's the right? that's the other side of this coin. It's it's a goal. Your yeah. uh, what what are you, your vision board, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I need to uh, I need to print new airplane picture and put up there. I, I, I've narrowed that's it awesome. down to two or three, so I think I'm gonna now my. My desktop screensavers are the airplanes that I want that I'm looking at. So maybe that's my vision board too. Planes, planes, not just one. Well, well you know, like I, I can't like this one. Reason, I'm looking forward to the air show. Like we're we're going in um, April to Sun and Fun in uh, Lakeland, Florida. So that's the second largest air show in the country and air systems, just air show with airplanes flying around. It's like a vendor. You get to walk and look at airplanes and uh, that's for sale. Like that maybe like Cessna will be there. Flight design will be there. You know, Pipistrol, like, so all these airplanes will be there and you'll get to see stuff and they'll have show airplanes. And, you know, I'm even thinking, considering gyrocopter, uh, believe it or not. So, I mean, again, it's just for me and Brittany, but, um, yeah, you know, I can't, I, I don't want to just be like, oh, it's got to be that or nothing. But, you know, first off, there's a price range. And then the second thing is just what's nice and what's fun, you know, like, like I'm not buying something. I'm not trying to become a commercial pilot. I'm not trying to become an airline pilot. I am simply wanting something for me and Brittany to be able to take out, go somewhere on a weekend, take a day, maybe occasionally like we come see you, right? Like, Hey, I'm going to fly. Come pick me up at the airport. I mean, how far is the airport from your house? Right? Like, oh, it's like, yeah, it's like 20 minutes. The Johnston County airport's like 20 minutes. That's where yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, I can't the neighbor has like, okay, let's do lunch. I'm going to fly up there. I want to get some time in. Like, Come fly up there and we do lunch and, you know, whatever. Or you want to come down here for the day, I'll come pick you up and come back, right? And then I'll take you back and then I get to fly even more. And it's just little things like that, that I really want to be able to do. I want the experience. I want to show the kids that it's possible, right? It's a big thing. You know, we talked before about the, you know, growing up without money. Yeah. There's some things that just seem like they're impossible. And I want the kids to be like, oh, yeah, well, dad got his pilot's license. It's not, he owns an airplane. It's not a big, that big, I mean, it is a big thing, but it's not unaccomplishable. He's average upper middle class kind of person, middle class ish, middle, middle to middle upper. That number changes daily with inflation. But anyway, yeah. Sorry. So that's the, I'm trying to off dead on. I'm setting myself up. Let's end on a piece of advice. Uh, keep it on topic. I think I already gave it. You know, just constantly, you know, be aware of your surroundings, where you're at. You know, be safety minded. Protect your family. That's it. I'm. I, that's it. Yeah. Uh, I gotta agree. I'm. I, I'm not gonna add anything to it. Yep. Hundred percent. Easy. All right. Easy peasy. Sounds good. All right then. Well, I guess we'll call it an episode and wrap it up. It's an episode. <laughs> it's an episode. Doom doom. Oh wait. There we go. There we go. Folks, have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. Deuces.